So going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. To don't touch my Sasquatch. That was really loud, yeah. and I'm pretty sure everybody around us heard. Every week we explore the mysteries of the cryptid, the creepy, and the unexplainable, especially today, unexplainable. Unexplained. We are your hosts. I'm the one that apparently sees ghosts and then visited every fucking night, Josh. I continue to be lying. <laughs> he, he forgot his line. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at don't touch my Sasquatch pod. Follow us on Twitter at DTSCast. Go to our website at DontTouchMySasquatch.com. If you're enjoying the content and you want to join the community and show your support, join us on Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive Patreon-only content, discounts, first opportunity to grab new merch, and much, much more. Please like, share, and leave a rating. This will help us to grow and be seen by more people. And we're just hitting our groove, so let's go. Let's grow. (laughs) Share it. And remember. And remember. Yeah, I thought the door was opening. Go to DontTouchMySasquatch.com forward slash shop to pre-order your t-shirt your official dts cast logo t-shirt get it before october or order it i should say before october 10th it's a pre-sale so we need to get a number by then and then we'll send it in and get the shirts made but go to website to check it out i think it looks pretty sweet and you know my nephew your brother doing the uh modeling looks pretty good in it it's fancy that that's why we couldn't do the modeling even though we were <clears throat> seen in pictures with it, I know that was that was <laughs> that was a new experience. I've never had that before. We talk about the heavens those every day. I mean, all the time. <laughs> we're so popular. So, Lennon, how was your week? Tell me about. It. Did you sleep all right? Did you sleep good? Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gonna hit you with it before you hit me with it. Oh, I wanted to hit you. Um, uh, I don't want to. Did hit I you. sleep all right? Uh, about as good as I usually do. Um, Me too. Have you ever heard the song? (laughs) (laughs) Waking up (laughs) to ash and dust. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You ever heard uh, of Imagine Dragons? You know, I love them. They're one of my favorite bands. But I really... Yes. Like Imagine Dragons. I do. Why? Did you have a problem with that? I did in high school. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't like the screamer music that you like. Screamer music. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) Go ahead. Oh! Sorry. (laughs) So you like Imagine Dragons? I do. Okay, so what happened? But I don't like 2.47 a.m. waking up to Imagine Dragons playing for no unexplainable, no explainable reasons. To Ash and Dust. Did you wipe your brow? And I swept my rust. (laughs) I'm breathing in the chemicals. <laughs> so, so yes, yes. <clears throat> so two forty seven. And the weird well, remember, so we had December fifth, we had the sleep paralysis. Get out, get check. out, get out. Deep yep. voice, mail. Forward to I we had to check it. Or I checked it. I texted you that day. It was like uh, March twenty eighth, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember off the top of my head because mm-hmm. two Scatterbrain from the last one. Mm. So roughly four months later, we had the creature thing, like... Face mouth. Me. Face mouth. I like the name. Is that really in March? That was in March 28th. Damn, it felt like March it was 28th. Like two years ago. It was f- about four months after that incident. Now we forward to August 10th. Yes, we're recording on August 14th. So August 10th. Happy birthday, Pop. 
Happy birthday, brother. So August 4th, <laughs> or August 10th, good Lord. Uh, morning of August 10th, it was 2.47 a.m. I'm sleeping, having a great old dream. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm about to find out. And all of a sudden, I'm jolted awake mm-hmm. to Imagine Dragons radioactive playing. Loud as shit, by the way. Yeah. And usually my volume's not on, because even if I'm listening to YouTube videos before bed, still it, it's still relatively low, because yeah. it's in my face. I don't need to, you know, I'm not deaf. So it's blaring. My watch is across the room charging, so it's not the watch. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to Pandora that day, the day before, I should say. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it was on in the background, just popped on. Yep. Uh, I have no Bluetooth stuff. Like, my headphones are, you know, there's mm-hmm. a pair in my car. Don't steal them. <laughs> but the other pair I don't really listen to in the house because why would I listen to Bluetooth headphones in the house? Couldn't tell you. Well, I could I could find a reason, but we're not going to do that. So literally there's nothing. To, to get to Pandora on my phone, you have to go through too many hoops, like the fingerprint scanner, swipe, swipe, mm-hmm. folder, Pandora. That didn't Shuffle happen Shuffle player. Find a song that exactly says waking up when it wakes you <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing. I don't know what it was. Never happened before. I know it's only been four days, but it hasn't happened since. Pandora has never just randomly opened on my phone. Hmm. And that was exactly four months after the mouth face incident. So every four months. Now, unfortunately, I'm planning to move, hopefully to an actual house, uh, come this November. So I will not be I will not be able to know, unless it follows me. Unless I won't it know. If, you. Yeah. Hmm. December's going to come around and... So mouth face, you need to be on edge. Or it's going to be worse. You're going to move into a, a haunted house. That'd and be cool. it's going to kick the fuck up. Because it's only temporary. It's going to be an investment property. So I'll live there for about a year and then piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's super haunted and then it's going to live there for a month. <laughs> 20, 28 days. 28 days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so all three incidences though. So I've had experience with um, sleep paralysis and all the weird things. But all three incidences, I woke up with... Instant dread would just fear like something's in my room. I don't know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Cover my head under the like I've never had that feeling before. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a weird feeling that I'm not used to, and I'm, I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to pull out the you know the old phone and do a spirit not spirit box a uh, EVP session. Yep. But then again, I don't because I don't want to feed that energy to it. Oh yeah. So it's like one of those. You I think about it know. too hard. You're gonna have a tulpa too. Maybe I already have a tulpa. Oh, maybe. Hmm. We should do tulpa episode sometime. We should. I like it. I'm sure half the people don't know what a tulpa is. Well, we're not going to discuss that today because today we're talking about ghost ships. Yep. Well, kind of. It's not really a ghost ship, but disappearing crew on a ship. Yeah. What do you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> what do you do with a drunken sailor? Uh, you get into the alcohol stash and then murder everybody on board and then hop into a smaller boat and get the fuck out. False. False. Nope. All call stash wasn't touched. All the values right. is there. We'll talk about it. That's at the end. Hey, Lennon. Hey, Haswa. <laughs> can you lay us? I'm not laying anybody. <laughs> I meant to say, can you lay down some history? I got like, whoa, lay us. No. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with some history. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> Full committed on that one. Back in 1861, the construction of a ship called the Amazon. <laughs> Come on, get shit done. Yep. I'm reading your laptop, sorry. It says get shit done. It does say that. Yeah. We have decked out laptops. Hey, you should get a Don't Touch your, My Sasquatch uh, podcast sticker and put it on your laptop, too, or your water bottle. Just I, saying. I do have one on my laptop. 
don't touch my sasquatch.com forward slash shop. Grab yours today. Get some merch. Get that shit and put it up all up on your shit. Woo! History. <laughs> uh, we didn't even tell them what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, kind of. We kind of, you know. Lead it. Uh, we're talking about uh, the Mary Celeste today. What's the Mary Celeste? Well, glad you asked. Silence. No. Uh, <laughs> the Mary Celeste is probably one of the most famous, quote unquote, ghost ships, our unexplained mysteries of maritime disaster. Fun. Yeah, it's always weird to have this called a ghost ship because it's just the crew, quote unquote, vanishing. Yeah. I mean, I have my own theory, which we're playing a hell of a game of hide and seek. But before it was called the Mary Celeste, we're going to hit hit to it uh, origins. So hopefully none of this bores y'all who is not interested in history like I am. Well, it won't bore them because we're going to spice it up a little bit. Spice it up. <laughs> um, so back in 1861, the construction of a ship called the Amazon was completed at Spencer's Island, Nova Scotia, Canada. Extremely hard to research this fucking boat, by the way, because anytime you type in Amazon and Mary Celeste or anything... What do you get? Amazon book on Mary Celeste. Amazon, 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 yes. Amazon. Yes. They were not thinking ahead. The Amazon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult. Um, so her final dimensions came in at 93, no, 99.3 feet long, 25.5 feet broad. That sounds like a bad day. Ooh. And a depth of 11.7 feet. Yes. She was constructed, f- constructed from... <laughs> Locally felled timber in the area and launched on May 18th, 1861. Now, they say that this this isn't super confirmed because I've read conflicting reports, but supposedly... Many. Yes. Uh, but um, supposedly the ship wouldn't budge off of its um, dry... Not dry dock, but uh, when it was built from when they went to launch it. Right. It got stuck and it wouldn't budge. Sign of things to come. Right. Among the nine owners of the ship was a man named Robert McClellan, who would also serve as the first captain of the new vessel. Yeah. Her maiden voyage would take place on June, in June of 18... <laughs> in, on, it's the same thing, you're good. Uh, her maiden voyage would take place in June of 1861 and would start with tragedy. The ship's maiden voyage took them to the five islands in Nova Scotia where they would load their cargo of timber and transport it across the Atlantic Ocean to London. Oh, man, what happened to the captain? Well, while at the oh, five... Shit. I'm sorry, that's not what I wanted to say. Well, <laughs> while at the five islands, during overseeing the loading, the captain grew ill with ammonia. <coughs> and Go ahead, his, guys. <laughs> and with his worsening condition, they decided to return to Spencer's Island, where on June 19th, Captain Robert McClellan died from his illness. At age 34. 34? 34, yeah. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, I figured I'd, I'd find some ages to these motherfuckers, but that is actually the only one I did. Um, yeah, I mean, they were only a week into their voyage. They didn't even yeah. leave for their voyage. They were still loading up their sh- their, their cargo. But who took over the cargo? My favorite name. Oh, a guy named John Nutting Parker. He had many kids. <laughs> that's the nickname Nutting. Oh, wait, that's his middle name. Shit, that's his actual name. John Nutting Parker. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's a nut and can't drive. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> Foreshadowing um, for like three seconds. Yes. <laughs> uh, John Nutting Parker was named captain, and the initial mission was resumed. Uh, but while leaving London, unless... Leaving? Not leaving London. There was going something to Yes. Well, going to London. Well, I didn't talk about that. I didn't. You I didn't? forgot to write that down. A- okay. On their way to London. On their way to London, they collided with a fishing equipment off the East 
port, or not off the off East Port, Maine. Mm-hmm. So they're they they right off the bat. Fishing. <laughs> right off the bat, this motherfucker hits a gets tangled in fishing equipment. But it would get worse than that because while leaving London, the Amazon collided with a oh. British brig and sank it in the English Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Crashed into another ship. Sink the fucker. Right there, the owner should have been like, um, we need a new captain. This guy sucks. <laughs> right. So the ship would go on for a few years under the oversight of Captain Parker. Two years. Can't believe that motherfucker captained it for two years after it all It sounded that. like he got a little bit better afterwards, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> he got the backup camera installed. He, had the <laughs> he was set. <laughs> oh, shit. Gave him the provisions. Keep going. Don't tell the owner. <laughs> uh, so for two years, for he two was years, captain. Yeah. Was yeah. Um, it would change captains a few more times, mainly dealing in the West Indies trade. In October False. of 1867, <laughs> at Cape Breton Island, the Amazon was deliberately ran ashore in a storm and was considered abandoned as a wreck by her owners because they didn't have the money to... Deliberately? They deliberately ran into ground? Mm-hmm. I didn't get that in my notes, so I was asking. Yeah, one of the things, one of the things I read said that it was done deliberately because oh. running into ground kept it afloat and kept everyone alive. God. Oh, in the storm? In the okay. storm. Oh, I understand that. All right, all right. At least that's what I read. I believe you. I just, I, that makes sense. I'm yes. But the problem was is that the owners didn't have enough money to pay to get it repaired, so they just left it. She was a good girl. <laughs> then on October 15th, uh, the Amazon was salvaged as a derelict by a man named Alexander McBean from Nova Scotia. <laughs> McBean. All of the McBeans. <laughs> Who in months time? Who in a month's time has sold it to a guy? Who sold it to a guy called Richard W. Haynes? Now, how much was uh, all of this paid for? Haynes bought the Amazon for one thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars back then, which is some number nowadays, a lot more. And he spent another. There's a lot of number. There's a lot of prices in here. I want a conversion. I ha- I actually have that up right now. I just never got to it. So do I. How much he bought it for? He bought it, Haynes bought it for $1,750, which in today's money is roughly. Well, in 1913, which is the farthest back we can go. Oh, yes. That, I'm sorry. I forgot to yeah. mention that. 1913, the farthest back we can go. That 1750 is worth $52,372 of today's dollars. Dollar, dollar bills. So he bought it for a pretty penny, and then he renovated it. Um, he got some loans out to renovate it for $8,825, which in today's money roughly estimates to 261000 Holy fuck. Something seems wrong there. What do you mean? I don't know. That's a lot of goddamn money. $8,000? Yeah. Back then? Would put us at $239,414. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. There's a 2,892.7% rate of inflation. History. So, <laughs> long story short. History. Back in the day, he Paid. bought it for 1750 He restored it for $8,825. And then... So, after he purchased the ship, he registered it as a new American vessel and renamed it the Mary Celeste. Not the Marie Celeste. Not the Marie. Because Which is funny. M-A-R-Y. Absolutely. So it's Mary. 
Every time I looked for Mary Celeste, Marie Celeste kept coming up the Civil War ship. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, and there's a USS so Marie Celeste. Um, oh, you were you were yawning? Is that what that was? Rule number fucking, fucking one. one. <laughs> Lay it down, these people. You do not change a ship's name unless you do so properly with a ship denaming ceremony as is followed by a ship proper christening naming ceremony. Yes, and to dename it, what you do is you run it aboard, or not aboard, aground. <laughs> okay. You put a bunch of boats around it. Okay. You salute it, give it the high salute. Yeah, you, you sing smack a little it tune, on the ass. You sing say, a little <laughs> tune. You paint over the old name. Then we get to rechristen it. Yes, and then yes. you get to rechristen. And then you rename it, and you smack it on the ass with a bottle, because why not? Yeah. So uh, this By is. By the a, way, that's a joke. I really don't know how they. <laughs> I did read how it was done. I can't remember for the last. Oh, okay. gotcha. um, that is one of the number one superstitions in um, sailor that sailors have. Oh, got him! I choked. Got him. We're talking about the Mary Celeste, and now I'm dying. Yep. Among some other ones, I was reading. Yeah. Uh, redheads, not a lot of, or, or bad luck on board. Redheads, pure redheads. Yeah. What about women? Women, not. Uh, Lucky on board. Mm. Oh, what was it? You always back in the day. Yes, yeah. Um, oh fuck, I can't remember. I'm gonna get it wrong. I got a 50-50 chance. Get that it. You have to either have. I think it's your left foot. I think you, your left foot has to be the first foot that steps on the boat. Really? Yes. Pigs on the boat were good luck. Pigs. Yes. Um, some other ones. Gotcha. That's, that's well, interesting stuff. That is superstitions. Shit, I didn't know about. Yes. So, with the ship renamed and now uh, registered as an American vessel, uh, Richard B. Hames, Hames, Richard B. Haynes, who had made himself captain at this point, mm-hmm. uh, had sank around 10,000 into it. And in 1869, it was seized by Haynes' creditors when he couldn't pay his debt. You should have named the damn boat the right way. Jesus. Yep. Bad luck. Um, these creditors then turned around and sold it to a New York consortium Tell him. of owners headed up by a man named James H. Winchester. I wonder if he's part of like the gun group, like the, the Winchester rifles and all that. Never heard of him. Okay. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Could be. Um, throughout the next three years, the ship's consortium of owners changed hands a bit, but Winchester always retained at least half of the share of the vessel. And in 1872, the ship underwent a major upgrade, costing it around $10,000 of back then money. So that's roughly $300,000 nowadays. I'm not yeah. going to do the math, but yeah, a lot of money. A lot of, a lot of money. Um, it was overall enlarged, and a second deck was added. Um, I, I, I would give a listener $100 so they can remember the dimensions I said from 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I can remember, but that's because it's in front of my face. <laughs> so I'm not going to say what it was enlarged to. Uh, it was just made bigger and a second it was deck made was added. Four feet longer and about 0.2 feet wider. There you go. There you go. It's good enough. And there a second deck and replaced timber and fixed additions, all that shit. Yep. Just general maintenance. As of October 29th, 1872, one of the co owners, 1872, one of the co owners, was a man named Benjamin Spooner Briggs. Love that name. Tell me about him. Oh, I'm going to tell you about him. Great. Benjamin Spooner Briggs, captain to you. Liked spooning. He 
That's what it was named after. He would always spoon his cousins. So I'm born April 24th, 1835 in Warham, Mass. I was really hoping that you would be drinking when I said that. And would you, <laughs> so anyways, Briggs was born April 24th, 1935 in Warham, Massachusetts. His father, Nathan Briggs, was also a captain. And Benjamin was one of five sons. Four of the five sons all went to sea. They were seamen. I was waiting. We're to say adults that. here. Yes. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> so four of the five sons were seamen, and two of them became captains. In 1962, Captain Briggs married his cousin Sarah Elizabeth Cobb, and they had two kids—a boy and a girl. Gross. There it is. Indeed, and uh, yeah. So, it, not everything but, said it was his cousin, but there were about four websites I found that said his cousin. Because when I saw it said his cousin Sarah Elizabeth Cobbs, yeah, I was like, hold up, hold up. Let me just make sure before I say hold this. Up. So it might not be completely true. Now, <clears throat> he was an experienced captain, and prior to becoming the captain of the Mary Celeste, Benjamin. Spooner, Briggs, and his brother were going to retire and open up a hardware shop. His brother, you know Oliver. Yes. Yes, Oliver. I was leaving Oliver's name out of that. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Don't want to give him credit. They decided against this, and instead they bought shares in ships. Two separate ships. It was at this time that Benjamin Spooner, Briggs, became part owner, two-fifths to be exact, and captain of the Mary Celeste. And he was a very experienced captain, so he's he seen some shit. He's seen some shit, and so, so they the said. Following story, they go, "Hey, yo, homegirl, we tapping you to be captain." And he goes, "I bet." I, I, if I can bring my wife and one kid, we're gonna leave the little bastard at home with his grandma. Well, the other one was going to school. I know, but luckily for him, am I right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, he did lose his parents and sister in the damn deal. Yeah, yeah. real lucky. So, real lucky. <laughs> um. Bye. So where is this last, the first voyage of Mr. Captain Benjamin Spooner Briggs's uh, captaincy of the Mary Celeste? Where did they go? What did they do? Well, how did it end? It's a mystery. (laughs) In November of 1872, the ship was slated to be uh, disembarking. I, I <laughs> um, their uh, voyage was going to take them to Genoa, Italy. I'm proud of you. You said that pretty well. I did. Genoa. Genoa. <laughs> Not to be confused with Geonosis from Star Wars. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, ship was going to be delivering 1,701 barrels of industrial denatured alcohol. That goddamn one is important. Not just 1,700. We need to go one. 1,700. So guess what? One. Another superstition. An odd number. Yep. That's another one. Another one. Another one. And seven of them were red oak barrels. Now, you might be asking, what are denatured... What is... Not are. What is denatured alcohol? Josh, what is denatured alcohol? I'm so fucking glad you did ask. It is ethanol that has additives that make it poisonous. Bad tasting, foul sal- smelling, and nauseating to discourage... Recreation, recreational consumption. You basically, you can't drink it. It's yeah. basically like fuel. Right. It's not used yeah. for uh, getting hammered. It's used for different yeah. products. Exactly. 
And despite the poisonous, but despite the poisonous content, it is sometimes consumed as a surrogate alcohol. But it's like you get the tiny, you get the tiny little strip. <laughs> <laughs> but it also can cause blindness and death if it contains methanol. So oh, it's like moonshine. Yeah, why not? Don't get you fucked up. Now, it has fumes, as most alcohol does. Now, these fumes affect on the people, on the people, on people. It can cause irritation to the nose and throat. Repeated high exposure can cause headaches, dizziness, confusion, loss of coordination, other central nervous system effects, unconsciousness, and even death. And if you experience any of these, please go see your doctor. Damn it. (laughs) Fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Uh, (laughs) These fumes were also flammable, and they had a tendency to just, you know, explode a little. Simultaneous, not simultaneous, instantaneously combust. Spontaneously combust. Thank you. Yeah, I got you. I, know. I was letting you work it out, but you didn't get there. <laughs> Instantaneously <so>. combust. <laughs> yeah. Now, we will touch more on this. I wanted to hit that. We'll touch more of this in the theories, but... We're going to touch it later. <laughs> I'm touching it right now. Let's go. So on November 7th of 1872, after some weather delays, the Mary Celeste finally departed New York Harbor, destined for Genoa, Italy. <laughs> Accompanying him on the voyage was his wife and their two-year-old daughter, as well as the rest of the crew who were hand-selected by Briggs himself, as well as the Winchester. They were later said to be peaceful and first-class sailors, rounding out their final count of souls on board at ten. And later, that's right. He, and later, in a letter he wrote to his mother, <laughs> who their son would stay with, he described him, he described himself as eminently satisfied with ship and crew. And I Cut love that in wherever you want. <laughs> I will, but I love. In the same note, when he talks about he's hoping for a pleasant voyage, but I've never been in her, so I'm not sure how she'll sail. Her being obviously the ship. I thought he meant his cousins. Oh, well. I thought there was a different cousin he hadn't done in yet. He'll gross. So, as I was saying, uh, November 7th, leaving for Genoa. Their voyage, as we said, was deliver 1,701 barrels of industrial denatured alcohol. Mm. In the same harbor, eight days later, a ship called the De Gratia, captained by a man named David Morehouse, would leave destined for Gibraltar, following roughly the same course. On December 4th of 1872. <laughs> My nose is 1972. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Got him. I don't know why I changed it. No one's going to fucking see this. Uh, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> um, so on December 4th of 1872, just shy of a month after the Mary Celeste, Celeste departed, the De Gratia helmsman alerted Captain Morehouse of a ship on the horizon six nautical miles away. There she blows! Yeah. At this point, they were roughly 400 miles west of the Azores, an archipelago off of the coast of Portugal. The distant ship was spotted sailing in an erratic and disorganized pattern. As they approached the ship, Captain Morehouse's suspicions were confirmed, and as the ship got clearer and clearer with every mile, it was in fact the Mary Celeste who he had just who he had just seen docked in New York prior to his ship departing himself. Yeah, eight days prior, right? Yeah. So, quick thing. I saw that, or I read, um, that it was when he sent his two people over that they saw that it was the Mary Celeste. It wasn't... Is Could that what been. you had? Uh, I was just curious. I just... I'm curious. I don't, a couple things I read just said yeah. that he discovered it as okay. they approached. Because I had... Been it, that, the, it could have been the crew. Yeah, pro- it could have been that uh, search party... I had the uh, first and second mate that were going to go board it or the one that discovered it was the... You know, it doesn't fucking matter. I was just actually asking. Yeah, no, I... Okay. 
So it was, in fact, the Mary Celeste who he had just seen docked in New York City with his own ship not too long ago. At this point, the Mary Celeste should have been in Italy, and after failed signaling attempts, Morehouse decided to send over a boarding party to see if the ship's crew needed assistance. You have the names of the people who went? I've oh, been, yes. I've been informed. It's DeVoe, his first mate DeVoe. Willem? De- DeVoe. <laughs> I think it's Oliver. I'm not sure. So first, na- first mate DeVoe and second mate John Wright Got were it. sent over to investigate it. Got it. So he sent them over. Uh, the rowboat was greeted with utter silence, save for the creaking of the ship's timbers. Fuck, I was so proud of that, too. <laughs> the crew was... The rowboat, the rowboat was greeted with utter, utter silence, save for the creaking of the ship's timbers as it swayed with the waves. The crew boarded the ship, not knowing what to expect. What would cause the silence except for complete annihilation and death from everyone on board? <laughs> but to their surprise, they weren't dead, but they weren't alive either. They were just gone. Now, what is creepier? You board this boat that's not answering your signals. Nobody's on board. Yeah. Not a soul. Got him. Things aren't like a disarray, like something bad happened. Yeah. But, you know, they're wearing terror from being, what, 10 days alone on the sea with no... Sorry, we'll get there. Spoiler. Or... <laughs> Synopsis of what to come. <laughs> <laughs> or would it be more scary to get aboard, on board and then just see dead bodies all around? Mm. Which would scare you more? Probably... The completely gone. I agree. I concur with that one. At least dead bodies, you know what the fuck happened. This one is just like, what's going on? Well, yeah. So, so what is going on? The crew boarded the ship, um, and what they found was that the crew of 10 people on board had vanished without a trace. Upon investigation of the boarding party, it was learned that the ship had enough provisions in its stores to last the crew six months as well as all the crew members' belongings. Now, you read similar accounts of the provisions, whether it was six weeks or six months, but regardless, there was enough food yes. and water mm-hmm. and rations of everything. Multiple months. Doesn't yes. matter exactly. To survive. There's no reason to abandon so far. Correct. Um, all of the 1,701, that's not true. There was seven. We didn't decide. There was seven. Uh, in my research, there were seven of them that turned out that they were emptied. But they were the ones that were in the red oak barrels, which I guess could have been leaking. Yeah, so of the 1,701 barrels of alcohol, seven of them were empty. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they were in the red oak barrels. Um, the ship's sails were of note as well, with some being fully set and others being only half set or half rolled up, which was an indication it was kind of in a, a transition right, of, of sorts. It was a quick leave. Yes. There was around three and a half feet of water sloshing around the hull of the ship, which, while it sounds concerning um, and to an experienced captain, this would be nothing. It's just another uh, thing that happens with the ship. Because you got an old wooden ship, you got mm-hmm. a bunch of different hatches and doors, and it's wood as well, so water's going to come in. You're going to get that on the big jobs. Absolutely. But, it, but you were talking about hatches. The main hatch cover was still secured tightly, but the fore and the lazaret, which are, I guess, storage lockers used for gear and equipment that uh, would be used around the deck, mm-hmm. those hatches were open with their covers laying beside them on the deck. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean... That's of note, too. That, that's of note. And ropes hanging loosely over the side. Yes. 
which I will talk about momentarily. But back to the water. Water. <laughs> uh, water. With, water. With three and a half feet at the bottom, like I said, it's not uh, a voyage-threatening um, amount of water. Not at all. <laughs> the ship was equipped with two pumps. Mm-hmm. And as they did in the t- at the time of these ships, well, you get water in the ship, you just pump it out. That was how it goes. Sure. But one of the two pumps was um, disassembled and in pieces around where it was. Maybe it was broke and they were fixing it, you know? I, I don't know. We'll I'm talk just trying about to that in a second. They do? Oh. Oh, I will. I have a thinking on it. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I, I didn't read anything about that. Yeah. So the determination of uh, how much water was in the bottom of the ship mm-hmm. was done with a instrument called a sounding rod. Don't look it up on the internet. For fuck's sake, do not look that shit up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nightmares want to bleach my eyes. <laughs> God damn. And I just read words. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I, didn't, uh, I just I wanted just, to look up just got a how text. this 1800s <laughs> <laughs> instrument was used. I got a text last night. Do not fucking look up sounding rods. <laughs> it's like, wasn't planning on it. I just want to know. I have an idea about, of what it is. and About 1800s nautical ship instruments. <laughs> That's all I want to know. Oh but my anyways, God. this, this, uh, I sound like you. <laughs> this, this, this. Uh, the, That's my thing. I know it is. Um, the sounding rod was used to tell the depth or quantity of water in the ship. In the hull and lower decks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know how it was made? Yes. A person did it. Go ahead. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. There's egg on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but the Mary Celeste sounding rod was found to be missing, and a makeshift one was seen lying on the floor of the deck. Pumps I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the covers of lower decks were open you talked about. Oh, I'm sorry. You're still going over all that. That's all good. My apologies. Don't apologize. It's all good. We in this together. <laughs> I got you, boo. Uh, now, most notably, the lifeboat was missing. The one lifeboat was missing. Yes. As well as it being missing from its cradle, the rope holding it was not untied, but was cut. Suggesting that it was cut in a haste... The uh, quick, quick fashion. Yeah, they they noped the fuck out and got the fuck out of there. Yeah, get out. <laughs> as well as that, the ship's chronometer, mm-hmm. sextant, navigation book, and register were also missing. Yeah, I mean the cap, all the captain's navigational equipment were, was missing. Absolutely, and when the aliens steal the crew members, they needed to be able to navigate, and they needed the papers for the boat. They so. need to know <laughs> where it's registered. <laughs> yes, it's like a collection that they have. They're like, I got an American one. <laughs> Take the lifeboat too. Really fuck people up. <laughs> <laughs> really gets them. Really gets them all scurrying. Hey, Zing Zong, look at this. <laughs> Look at these bastards out here. They can't find anybody. <laughs> if they would only look up. <laughs> Why would they look up, Jim? Why would they look up? They don't have planes yet. <laughs> because. I, I don't know. Shut up. Just keep going. <laughs> shut up. So other than all those things, which none of them are super uh, cray-cray, mm-hmm. besides the light bulb being missing. By all accounts, otherwise, the ship was in perfect working order, mm-hmm. and it was a seaworthy ship. As It was as if a ship just got dropped in the middle of the ocean. Absolutely. Up. Yep. Yeah. So the ship's logbook was found, and it would, the captain updated it hourly, or at least close to hourly, and he yes. had very um, 
thorough descriptions. A little too thorough. <laughs> did you find? What do you mean? No, I didn't find any. Oh, I was going to say because the, the logbook was destroyed. It, yeah, in eighteen hundred or in eighteen eighties. I did read like uh, I guess he thought he was off course from his sexton, and then he took a right hand change course to a right <laughs> light bulb. Um, <laughs> Oh god! Someday people are going to be able, yeah, be able to actually I watch can't wait us. For the video format, <laughs> light bulb. <laughs> Anyways, so that he, he changed correction or changed direction, corrected course. <laughs> the hell was that? Was that you? What was? Changed direction. <laughs> Good old Spooner Briggs is coming through the door right now. Okay, anyway, what happened, motherfucker? He went right, and then he found the islands. Anyways, I hit the goddamn mic again. This is getting off the rails. Okay, back on the rails. So, Hold on. Let's get back on the right track. Shut up. Okay. So he had a very thorough uh, log book. Absolutely. Which he updated it hourly. Um, so they found it in the first mate's room, mm-hmm. and the last log entry was on 8 a.m. of November 25th, and the log said that they were six miles off of Santa Maria, the westernmost island of the Azores. So ship is found, Mary Celeste is found 400 miles off of the east coast, mm-hmm. and the last entry was nine, nine days earlier, mm-hmm. off of uh, six miles off the west coast of the Azores. It's about 400 miles floating by itself alone. Correct. No crew. So, uh, yeah, nine days between... Uh, nautical miles. Nautical Sorry, miles. guys. Nautical miles. My bad. According to my calculations. Um, mm, so excellent. It, it is to be believed that anything, there, that whatever had happened to them, happened between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. of November 25th. So, with all these factors taken into account, Morehouse decided to bring the ship to Gibraltar mm-hmm. with him to claim salvage earnings. Maritime law. Maritime law Mine. says that back then, if you found treasure or cargo or a ship, you can claim a portion of the value of the ship and its cargo if you were to return it intact. <laughs> Joke's on you, Milhouse. Morehouse. Milhouse. <laughs> so, Milhouse Morehouse arrived in Gibraltar. <laughs> <laughs> so, he decided to take the ship uh, with him and uh, to Gibraltar. And um, he arrived on December 12th. With a newly acquired ship in the cargo, and a trial was held to see if the ship and its effects were acquired through "quote unquote" moral means, and to see how much the crew would be paid. Well, how much were they paid? We'll find out. We'll find out next week. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> on part, <laughs> I'm joking. So on December seventeenth, the hearings began under Chief Justice of Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> On December 17th, the hearings began under Chief Justice of Gibraltar, Sir James Cochran. Got it. The hearing was conducted by Attorney General, a man named Frederick Sully Flood. One of the most notorious sons of bitches. No, not really, but uh, historians don't like him. Historians don't. They describe him actually as... Oh, okay. You're hitting that quote? Oh. Uh, that quote that I read every fucking where. <laughs> a man whose arrogance and pompacity were... Inversely proportionate to his IQ, the sort of man who, once he made up his mind about something, couldn't be shifted. Correct. Fucking pompous. I know a couple people who were like that first quote. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm sitting right here. I wasn't talking about you. I know. Fucking Orion, right? I'm just telling you, I'm sitting right here. He immediately suspected foul play to be involved by either the crew, 
by either crew of either ship. He ordered an investigation of the Mary Celeste, and on December 23rd, it began under a man named John Austin, who was surveyor of shipping in Gibraltar, mm-hmm. with the help of a diver named Ricardo Bordunato. Ricardo Bernato. Sure. Uh, Austin discovered two cuts on either side of the bow, <laughs> believing them to be caused by a quote-unquote sharp instrument. Is the Kraken. <laughs> and not to be from a collision with something like a boat or a reef. The theory of a storm causing a collision and mass exodus was thrown out with the sharp instrument discovery, as well as ink and sewing machine oil bottles discovered upright and unspilled, both of which would assuredly tip in a swall or storm. Mm-hmm. So immediately, all the the most obvious thing was thrown out that the boat wasn't in a storm. Right. Um, Captain Briggs's sword was found also in his cabin, sheathed with stains that were believed to be blood on it, as well as suspicious stains on the deck that looked like blood as well. Hmm. I have a feeling uh, that that wasn't blood. Hmm. But we're just going to gloss past that, right? We're going to keep that. So that we could try to charge these people. Oh, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> Flood's theory was that either the Mary Celeste's crew got into the alcohol and killed the captain and his family before fucking off in the lifeboat and just paddled out into open sea. Fucking stupid. <laughs> fucking stupid. Or that Briggs's crew spotted the ship, somehow caught up to it, even though it left eight days after. And the Mary Celeste was faster. And faster. Somehow caught up to it, got into the alcohol, killed the captain and the crew with the intention of claiming salvage rights. He believed that the logbook was doctored and that the Mary Celeste was discovered further west than was reported, not believing the ship could have drifted the distance ahead on its own. Um, Well, the type of alcohol that it was, I don't think they're really getting into it and downing seven seven barrels and not dying from it. Like, idiot. 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 So the blood stains, quote unquote, blood stains. That was a hell of a sight. <laughs> <laughs> so the blood stains. <laughs> so the so the blood stains were later scientifically proven to not be blood. It was some kind of dirt or rust or some shit. Rust on the sword, but dirt on the boat, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like we read the same stuff. And the cuts to the ship were determined to be from normal wear and tear from the ocean. <laughs> So, he actually thought that either of the crews mm-hmm. got drunk, killed either the family or the crew, whoever was doing it, but mm-hmm. then got into boats or swam into the water ahead of the Mary Celeste, sliced up the shit out of the front of it. Yeah, yeah. And was like, yeah, Storm did this <laughs> and These killed nice the crew. <laughs> and killed the crew. Like, that was what he thought happened. But it was later determined from uh, the U.S. Navy investigation of mm-hmm. the time that the uh, cuts to the front of the bow were just from normal wear and tear from the ocean. So from the lack of evidence. Was that you again? <laughs> yes. What are you doing? There's a, there's a, uh, it's the bed. The floor. No, it's oh, the bed. bed. I accidentally hit the. Jesus Christ. That's good sound effects. <laughs> For a spooky episode. Ooh. Yar, put it down. <laughs> so Winchester, you, I see you talked about that a couple times, right? Or What's you that? Talked about, Winchester tried to come and get his boat, 
He fucking did just on January 5th. He sure fucking Teenth. did. 15th. 15th. <laughs> he, he asked, he said, can you release my cargo? I need to deliver it. Or my boat, I need to deliver the cargo. And Sully Flood. Apparently he's Italian now, not American. Apparently. And Sully Flood gave him the business and he yelled said, at him. What did he say? What did he say? Oh, he said. What did he say? He said, give me $15,000. Yeah. Give it to me. But he also berated him and said that he was a horrible man for allowing such a despicable crew. You were in on it, Winchester. Yeah. He, he yelled at him for saying how uh, he could allow such a despicable crew to uh, cap- or to be on his ship and kill the captain or, or be right. so debaucherous. So I actually... There was many... There was uh, recorded that they got to argue... He did arguments many times in court. I bet he did. This flood dude sounds like a dick. Sully he said... Oh, I saw it. He said... Uh, became aware that Flood thought he might have deliberately engaged in a crew that would kill Briggs and mm-hmm. his officers and part of a conspiracy. Correct. Now, what's the conspiracy? Right. Tell me. So... And it's not insurance fraud because... No, because... Well... The ship was overinsured, but well, still, yeah, it was thirty thousand. Right? No, 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 no. That's the later one. Never mind. Yeah. Either way, we'll talk about that in theories. But um, from the lack of evidence, Flood begrudgingly had to rule no guilt to be found and release the ship on February twenty fifth of eighteen seventy three. So February twenty fifth, it was released, uh, and uh, Morehouse brought it in on December fifteenth, seventeenth, seventeenth. So it was there for a couple months. Um, mm-hmm. And under Captain George Blatchford and a locally sourced crew, the Mary Celeste departed Gibraltar for Genoa, Italy to carry out its delivery, finally. And in the end, Cochran awarded the crew of the De Grazia only $1,700, one-fifth of the value of the ship and cargo, around half of what they should have gotten. He cited that Morehouse allowing his crew and ship to carry out its delivery while court was being held, despite Morehouse staying behind for the hearings, as wrong and said that he and his crew would forever be suspect in the court's opinion. Which is funny because uh, his first mate did come back. Yeah. I mean, they were in Gibraltar. He just had them continue while the hearings were going on so they can still make their money. But he stayed in court every day as captain. So, I mean, that was stupid. Just sounds like a... Dick being a dick. Yep. Morehouse and his crew were told that they would always be suspect in the court's opinion. Yeah, and they got guys. fucking screwed. He had an eight-man crew, Morehouse. Yeah. So with his eight-man crew, he was able to salvage. Salvage. Mary Celeste, save it. Save the it. ship itself. Three on this Mary Celeste, five crew in the... Yes. Degrati. To, what was it, 600 miles to Gibraltar? Uh, I've seen six and I've seen 1,100. So I don't know which one, Somewhere but, but still. It's, a, it's a shit ton of miles. Yeah, so he, he split his eight-man already small crew between the two ships to sail it and still continue the delivery of the Mary Celeste. And he obviously, regardless of the people not being on the ship, he okay. made an attempt to go save or help and assist. And um, I don't know, they just got screwed out of it because... Because they could. Because they could. Basically. Because Sully Flood... Was a pompous, low IQ bitch. <laughs> 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 so what happened after? So after after the last delivery, or after they were able to finally deliver all that alcohol, glug, glug, glug. in September of nineteen, uh, not nineteen, in September of eighteen seventy three, 
that Mary Celeste arrived in New York, yep. where the newspaper stories of bloodshed and murder made it very unpopular ship. Moida, I say. It really lowered the value. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Well, in February of 19... God, I need to change my notes. February of 18... 19 so much. I just have it. February of 1874, the ship was sold to a considerable loss to all. Yes. All owners. In February of 1879, I got it. She reported... She... The Mary Celeste. We're gonna, remember, boats are called she's. Yeah. Uh, she reported at the island of St. Helena, where her captain, Edgar Tuttle, had become sick and later died. Increasing the speculation that the Mary Celeste was cursed, having now claimed three captains to untimely deaths. Three. Count them. Three. So far. Then, February 1880... I, I have 1980 and 1984. And oh, man, I really fucked up. <laughs> February of 1880, she was sold to Wesley Gwo- Gove. Gov? G-O-V-E. Gov or Gove? I'm not sure. Gove, yeah. Gove. <laughs> With new captain Thomas L. Fleming manning her. What? February ni- 1880, <laughs> she was sold to Wesley Gove. With new captain Thomas L. Fleming manning her. Manninger, guys. Gotcha. Oh, <laughs> the way you pause, you're like Thomas L. Fleming. Manninger. Manninger. <laughs> I was like, what was that? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's okay. August of 1984, Gove was replaced Gove. by Captain Gilman C. Parker. This motherfucker. This guy. This motherfucker. In November of 1984, Parker and a group of Boston shippers filled the Mary Celeste with mostly useless junk. <laughs> he, went, he went from, like, New York to New Jersey to fucking Canadian. <laughs> so he filled it with mostly useless cargo. Yep. Which was misrepresented was which was misrepresented on the manifest as highly valuable cargo, you know, butters and Dates. high rum and all this shit. High rum. And he insured it high rum. I meant to say um like high qu- quality rum, I'm sorry. He insured it for thirty thousand dollars. Now back then thirty thousand dollars was chunk. That's gotta be like a million dollars. I still got it open right now. Thirty thousand, a million dollars. That's true. Yeah <laughs> well it might be seven hundred fifty thousand. I think it's a looking, three quarters of ready. a million. In nineteen thirteen, in nineteen thirteen, thirty thousand dollars was equivalent to eight hundred ninety seven thousand eight hundred six dollars. Now, was that bad? So a shit ton of money insured it for. And in December, Parker set off to Hades, where he deliberately shipwrecked <laughs> it on a coral reef to try Hades. and claim. To Haiti, I'm sorry, Haiti. <laughs> he said he probably went to hell, but he went to Haiti. Um, where he deliberately shipwrecked it on a coral reef mm-hmm. to try to claim the insurance money. Now, the dumbass yeah. then went to shore and sold the contents as a, you know, maritime law and blah, 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 shipwreck. Yep. So he screwed over this this salvager. Uh-huh. Salvager gets on the boat, looks at the cargo, sees that's just junk. Yep. These high-class shoes are not high-class shoes. They're fucking clogs, you know. This rum is half drinking and not high quality. You know, it's just. Yeah. So he then alerted the insurer, mm-hmm. insurers, insurer, the people insuring the boat, which then a uh, trial was held. Yeah. And in this trial, 
this is called a, I think it's like a bartery charge. Mm-hmm. B-A-R-A-T-R-Y. Is that bartery? Bartery? I know I heard it like five times. And so I'm so, okay. So some fucking charge. Yeah. Because insurance fraud. Yep. And this is a, it's penalty, a penalty of death. High, like, oh my God. <sighs> the ship's insurers did an investigation and found out that Parker committed insurance fraud, which has a max potential penalty of death. As well as, I'm sorry if you're going to get into it, but he was found to be guilty of, um, what the fuck is it called? Um, Misoperation of his ship. Because he uh, uh, purposely crashed it. Yeah. So um, that was also worthy of the news. He had multiple charges. But it was a, I think it was five to seven against it. So he wasn't going to get murdered, be, mostly because back then they didn't think insurance fraud should have the high penalty. You know, you have these jurors who are going to fucking convict someone to death because they did insurance fraud. Yeah. Kind of uh, excessive. Yeah. And actually, a couple of years after, they changed the law where it's not penalized to death. But anyways, that's a sidebar. He almost fucked up big time. He almost died just because of that. So the charges were dropped against him, like I said, because mm-hmm. five out of seven... They didn't feel right convicting a guy to murder. Right. But his reputation was ruined, and he died in poverty three months later. Now Three you could, months? Three months later. Now, you can blame that on the Mary Celeste, or we could just... Either way, another ship's captain bit Comfort. the dust. Hmm. Mary Celeste was then unsalvageable after the crash into the reef, and that was her final journey. Wow. So, so that was her final journey. Final yeah. journey. Final journey. Final. Now theories. We have some theories to this. Yeah. Now there are some common theories, like mutiny. We've discussed this. An asteroid came down to hit the ship. Bam! <laughs> and then it somehow Fixed reassembled itself. itself. <laughs> but the crew was already dead. If, no, a mutiny. Yeah. One of the common one of the two brothers, the two German brothers, mm. killed everyone and fled the ship in the lifeboat, seeing as the brothers had no possessions on the boat. Well, they didn't have any possessions because they were oh. in a prior shipwreck. They were. But also, the Mary Celeste was a newer, remodeled ship that had everything on it. You really didn't need to bring stuff. No, and with that being said, too, you don't need to abandon the ship in a lifeboat. If you've killed the crew, what's the point of leaving the ship? Absolutely. Well, unless it's too big to sail by two people, but either way. Well, you're right by uh, you're right by the Zoris. You know, you just dock that bad bitch, you go get yourself a new crew. I mean, if you're six miles away, you can see that. Absolutely. Island. Anyway, go ahead. No, you're right. Uh, well, another one is uh, Morehouse killed them. Mm-hmm. Morehouse and his crew killed them, which you've touched on. Yeah. Couldn't have caught up in time. Theory was that Morehouse and his crew could have been waiting for the Mary Celeste and lured them onto... His boat to kill them there so that there was not, no evidence on the Mary Celeste. Now, this ignores the fact that the, the De Gradia was slower than the Mary Celeste and left eight days after the Mary Celeste. They would not have caught up with them. No, no the, way in hell they would have. By the time that the Mary Celeste and the De Gradia were in the same location, Mary Celeste should have been in Italy a long time. Oh, absolutely. After. Yeah. No. There's the insurance fraud. Yep. Uh, that was the whole trial thing. Mary Celeste had been overinsured. Uh, Winchester was able to refute these allegations 
and no inquiry was instituted by the insurance company that issued the policies. So, didn't go anywhere. I mean, he did have a shit ton of uh, uh, cargo on that boat, though, like uh, the denatured bullshit. Akahal. Ow. (laughs) The fuck was that? (laughs) Another another claim of insurance fraud was the Morehouse and Briggs had dinner the night before the Mary Celeste left Mm -hmm. and came up with this plan to um, insurance fraud, like to Mm -hmm. get the money split between them and their crews. Uh, no dinner had ever been proven that they had. There was no mm-hmm. concrete evidence there. And this also would mean that everybody involved. So you have 10 on Mary Celeste, eight. DeGrati on the eight, or yeah. eight on the DeGrati. I said that backwards, a little dyslexic. Anyways, that's 18 people that yeah. had it kept completely silent. Mm-hmm. All right. You know how hard that is mm-hmm. for forever, like never again. That also means that. Um, Benjamin Briggs Spooner and his wife would have had to basically abandon their son, like never see him again. Right, exactly. Uh, but, but plus, let alone he was making good money as a sea captain and been doing that all his life, or not all his life, but right when he was fifteen He's, years into it. I had eighteen, but yeah, somewhere yeah. he was. He was. Why well would he it. just abandon his career? Like he doesn't even. He was going to retire before this and decide, oh, we'll do this again. Like, I don't think insurance fraud was really a yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, then you could always say you did it for the retirement money, but I don't think that's the case. Because if that's, the thing is, is he brought his wife and daughter with him. Yes. If you were going to commit some big crime like this. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't take them with take yeah. them with you because you would just be like, hey, I'll meet up with you later. I'm about to go get stacks on stacks on stacks. Exactly. I mean, he was a very uh, quality from all Accounts. He was really right. a quality person, very religious, very like straight edge. Never drank, did anything. You know him and his co- his cousin. I mean his <laughs> wife. Um, why would he? Why would they? They have no reason to do that. Right. right. They probably had a comfortable living before that. Right. Also, if they did just de- devise this plan, I doubt they would have done it with um with so much attention, like like attention seeking way. Like yeah. this was very. Oh, everybody disappeared. We don't know how. Like you would mm-hmm. fake their death or something. That, or you would just do it the way that uh, probably the right way. Well, tell me the what way, the right way is. The way that that other dude, the last captain, tried to do it with the insurance fraud, where you just oh run to the ground. Yeah, because yeah. that's apparently a thing that they do often back then. Is just like run this bitch aground, and it's safer than yeah, because you just salvage it and do just, it again. Yeah, do it. The so it would have been the same thing. I mean. Yeah, that probably would have been a way to do it, but whatever. Well, another theory is that, yar, pirates did it. Oh, There's I an issue. Here. for this. Lots of issues with this. I'm just going to get into it, and I'll let you get some of the issues here. Uh, pirates were active at the time. We all know this. They were very active, and they yar. would force their way on. They killed the crew, and then they apparently they um, didn't want to have any of the possessions right. and other than the shipping the navigation stuff and the shipping log, apparently, you know, they didn't want any of the possessions and they just killed the kill. And right, that's the thing. They're not, or they forced everybody onto lifeboat, cut the rope, had them sail off, but still took nothing. Yeah. Made no sense. That's the thing. They're, um, they are killers, yes. but that's not, they're not killers for the fun of it. Yes. They were there to they make money. money. They want money. They want possessions. So they would come across the boat and they would, kill the crew if they had to, yes. or they would kidnap the crew, hold them hostage for ransom, and then keep the possessions and resell the possessions. Exactly. Nothing was missing that 
they would have make, made money off of. But what if they just went in and drink the alcohol? Well, it Fuck, wasn't drinkable. Fuck ton if they didn't, there was that. And like you said, it wasn't drinkable. Absolutely. Uh, Yar, look at this ship over here. We're going to go board it. <laughs> We're going to get the crew on the... I turned into a Scottish. <laughs> oh, shit. Gonna get the crew on the lifeboat, and we're just gonna just uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna bounce. Okay, yeah, we're, we're gonna create a mystery. People, this is a decent ship too. They probably could have even sold the ship. I think they would have taken the ship and said, "You know what? This is our new ship." Well, that's what I'm saying. That's gone. Well, yeah. I mean, it wasn't set up for uh, offensive cap- or defensive capabilities, but yeah, they sold the ship. Either way, <laughs> bullshit. Yes, bullshit. Throw that one out the window. Natural disasters. Oh, water spouts. Water spouts, big storm, Under, all that. Underwater earthquake. Underwater earthquake, which that one, that one's, that one's like fascinating. It's like, pretty cool. I mean, it's just a tsunami. How, but. Well, yeah, but when you're in the middle of the ocean, is it a tsunami? Because it's not a tsunami until, tsunami? Tsunami. Tsunami. Tsunami until it gets closer to land. Right. So I wonder if. But if two tectonic plates shifted underneath the water. And displaced a lot of water. Something has to happen, right? Right, that'd be wild. It's just let's think of it. It would, it would be the interstellar wave thing, right? Hmm. But that's interesting. Anyways, either. But the thing about that is, yes, is remember everything was found. Those yes, little vials and bottles were found vertical. Exactly. Uh, everything, not everything was pristine. Correct. But you had liquid that's open, vertical, and not dumped, as well as. If you're going through some natural disaster, natural storm, mm-hmm. why would you abandon ship to a smaller boat mm-hmm. that is more likely to tip over and sink? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I'm sure there's reasons. Maybe you think, yeah. as, as you saw, you know, water accumulating in the bow. Oh. Yeah. The st- but he the was stern, a season captain. Hull. Exactly. Hull, he would have you. known that three and a half feet is just nothing. Yeah. I mean, unless it was, like, really quick. But even then, I don't feel like he would... Panic and hastily, quickly no. get off the boat. You're in a giant storm. You're not mm-hmm. leaving a big, safe boat. Big 18 boat years. For a tiny rowboat. 18 years, 15 fucking... years. Whatever the hell it is. Right. He's been through he's storms. Not, he's not making that call. Yeah, he's been through storms. Now, yeah. maybe the fact that his wife and child are on there clouded his judgment a little bit. But, but still, it's still... I, would, I would argue that the rowboat would be a lot less safe. I would agree. Now, I'm not a boater, but... No, but, yeah. I mean, that's far, far worse. Now, here's the one that I kind of, in myself, believe has some, some legs to it. All right, you haven't right? talked about it yet, so I think it's the same one I think. Fear the boat or the ship would explode. Now, yep. you remember those barrels, those seven barrels that were leaking toxic, noxious fumes? Mm-hmm. Um, they're flammable. Mm-hmm. And it is said, and I think it was in the captain's log it was mentioned, mm-hmm. That it would just spontaneously combust and there'd be just like little explosions yes, happen they in, in th- under the deck. Yeah. Yes, they ca- they frequently mm-hmm. heard small explosions under now, the deck. You might say, well, why wasn't there, why wasn't there signs of explosion? That's because cool air quickly, you know, after the explosion, cool air would make it so there's no damage on the actual boat, but it'd still be explosions. Mm-hmm. I feel, again, going back to him having his wife and kids, wife and kid there, mm-hmm. daughter there. Him hearing these explosions, okay? Fear of the boat exploding, anything to do with the boat exploding or catching fire, all those things. I feel then I would get in the lifeboat. I would kind of tag behind, Mm -hmm. you know, not cut the rope and fucking leave Mm because you can still tag behind and Mm -hmm. watch the boat. 
But then for me, that'd be a more reasonable reason to leave the boat mm-hmm. because he didn't drink. He wasn't familiar with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So those explosions might have scared him and he just, let's get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we're safe. Unfortunately, the gamble didn't pay off because obviously he was never heard from. They were never heard from again. So mm-hmm. something went wrong. Yeah. I My thinking is the mm-hmm. same as yours. I think that uh, with those explosions, maybe they smelled a whole... A real strong fumage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you know, we smell natural gas. And Absolutely. We're like, well, shit. Um, so I think maybe at this point, it was like building up, and he was kind of like judgment call time. We're going to get everybody in the rowboat. Mm-hmm. And get our navigation stuff, get everything. Right. And what they did was is they got everything together, got in the rowboat. And they tied the rowboat to the ship, but trailed back. Mm-hmm. And somehow the rope. I think, because they said that there was ropes dangling in the water. Mm-hmm. The ropes were hastily tied to the uh, to the ship itself, yep. but was trailing in the water like something was tied to it. Yeah. So I think they tied the rowboat to the ship, trailed behind for a while. And I think that the, the rope came apart, came undone or something, and then yep. the ship just continued on without a much faster than a rowboat with no sails and a, two, you know, some oars. So I think that's what happened. And then either the... Ocean took them, or they made their way to the Azores and uh, decided, fuck it, we're going to stay here and not be heard from again. Right. I, I unfortunately think that they did sink somehow, and yeah. the ocean claimed them. But, I mean, that's more depressing. But that's much more realistic depressing. than, uh, well, aliens abducted them. Hey, no, that's our podcast. I think it was the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> or... The Kraken got him. I love the Kraken. I know. Well, you know, he was a delicate Kraken. He just came up and said, you're mine, but I don't want to ruin the ship. You're mine, but I don't want to ruin the ship. You are mine. Oh, look at this cute little baby. Fuck him. You're her. You're mine. Just scratched Did the you hole see? twice. Yeah, yeah it's just hit twice with a little, little hook. <laughs> Did you see that, um, I guess when they boarded the ship or investigated the ship, something? Mm-hmm. I don't know which one, if it was during the investigation or when they boarded it. They saw the... the like impression of where the the baby slept in the bed. No. Yeah. It's Imagine a, that sight. Well, <laughs> it's a little baby. It's just the like just the outline. Oh of yeah, it. just where where the little kid slept. It oh. was nothing like nefarious or, or right, right, right. It was just one of those things like oh, poor little sex. baby. There was a child victim involved there. Yes, there was. Tragic. But yeah, so that is my make of it. What you will. Section. I go with the logical. I'm on this one personally. That's what I'm thinking too. I think the explosions. Yeah. And then I think the tide rowboat. Yeah. I, I don't think it's one of these ghost ships where we could talk about. Ooh. Yeah. Like people just disappeared and there literally is no explanation for right. it. But you would think with them being at the Azores, if they did make it there, they would have at least, at least Briggs and his wife and, you know, yeah, family, yeah. they would have gotten back to Arthur, their son. I mean, the last they log had left him. Last log had him six miles from Azor- from the Azores, from Santa Maria. Oops, same town. Yep, the the, the, the the southernmost I think point of the Azores. Western. Western. Thank you. You're welcome. But yeah, I agree. You would think they'd yes. at least go there, but there's enough civilization where you wouldn't just never be heard from again. Exactly, especially, especially with a kid at your your mother's. That and and uh, yeah, I don't know, 1872. You know. It's not like it's the 1600s and yeah. there's civilizations few and far between and nobody communicates. But still, so that would be the Mary Celeste. Let us know your theories if you have any. Yeah. Maybe GTS it was. GTSCast at gmail.com. Or. Subject line, Mary Celeste theory. 
or go to DTS Cast and Twitter or Don't Touch My Sasquatch Pod on Instagram. All of which, or Don't Touch My Sasquatch Podcast on Facebook. I forget about that one always. <laughs> That's the one I forget about. I love Facebook. I swear I do. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, regardless, please, if you have any theories or... Mm-hmm. Or other ghost ships that fascinate you. Or something we said that we weren't quite sure about, like, uh, I don't know, dollar conversions. <laughs> <laughs> dollar conversions. Go ahead and correct us. We want to yeah. hear you. We want to be heard. No, we, yeah, we, we want we, you to be heard. We want to be heard and be listened to. <laughs> and we want you to do the same. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, sailors and krakens. <laughs> Thank you all for listening <laughs> to this week's episode. Forgot pirates on the Mary Celeste. My phone's been up the whole time. I'm surprised we didn't hear it. Um, thank you for listening this week. Uh, episodes on the Mary Celeste. Join us next Monday. I look forward to next Monday. For a very special episode. Just for you people. Just for you listeners to put in your ears and enjoy. In your car. You're sitting at your desk at work. And you're taking a walk. You're Taking doing a, a workout, walk, driving to work, yanking the chains. <laughs> anyway, sailing down the sea. So as we river. mentioned, oh, we're done. you know our socials. <laughs> you know our socials. You know our emails. Write us, rate us, review us. Leave us a message. Leave us a review. We want to hear your feedback. Tell a friend, and uh, join us next Monday. Remember, stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. Don't. Peace. See ya. This is Josh and Lennon on the ones and twos, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to suck it. Did you mention how he's a cousin fucker? <laughs> when you listen to this later, you just left the room. You're still not back yet. When you hear this later, text me 42. Really hits you in the back of the throat. <laughs> oh, red Robin. <laughs> and it ends up working out. Holy shit, Knuckles. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to crack it. Oh, crack it. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Caffeinated hosts. Are we stopping? What's happening? Ten people on board. <laughs> Get in there. <laughs> that was part of the deal. <laughs> I didn't mean to uh, cut your joke out. I just did to catch my place again. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. I wasn't trying to cut your joke. I was getting my own train of thought. Is anyone on deck? And I received no replies to his signals. Whoa! Oh, mom says you're going to be in right now. I say yes, I am. Already. <laughs> I do. I have first mate Albert Richardson. I am sorry. I'm in the wrong part of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I actually wasn't. He arrived on Gibraltar. Gibraltar at oh, that's preposterous. <laughs> Hearings began to, to be the trial of... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, I was like, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. <laughs> Speed run. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, adult diapers are wild, right? Do it. Do it now. Uh, Welcome back. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> we outie.